All right, fellow basement dwellers and nerds of all kind, happy Easter if you are inclined to celebrate that. It is time for yet another edition of Bandwagon Nerds here on the Chairshot Radio Network, a part of the Chairshot.com, where we remind you to always use your head. It is I, it is a very stripped down version of the bandwagon today. As you might expect, people are out celebrating Easter and stuff, but I, I did find one of the Christian faith who didn't care about blowing off this podcast to celebrate. Wait a minute. <laughs> this is it. That's it. I don't think I'm going to get rewarded with that. <laughs> I'm just kidding. It is the one and only PC Tunny, the live studio audience, uh, at least one of the three most reliable members of this show. Tunny, how are you doing today? I know we were talking masters a little bit ago. By the time this airs tomorrow, it'll all be over maybe. Unless more weather rolls in. Yeah, the weather I checked out uh, today looks like they shouldn't have any rain. So I think they're going to get this in today. I know the leaders are teeing off uh, about 2.30 Eastern. So that should be plenty of sunlight. But nonetheless, you and I are here. We got a bunch of Star Wars news. We got a bunch of trailers. And uh, yeah, I mean, I, I can't wait to get into Mandalorian. I thought we had an excellent episode this week as well. So yes, I would like to boast. I think I have the longest active streak uh going on bandwagon nerds but yeah you do i mean i I, i'm i'm happy that this week i got made an official sixth member of the dwi podcast that's a true story that happened that 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 did happen if you guys have not listened to the latest edition of dwi where i recount all my adventures from wrestlemania weekend no it was an excellent show too because you know you go you've already listened to all these recap shows from wrestlemania well this one's a little different right we're gonna kind of get into the aftermath and dave's gonna tell you his experience from actually being there for two days and what it took to move around and maneuver and where he stayed and how he got through and 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 how it was being actually in these arenas um and in the stadium for wrestlemania so make sure you give that a listen and soon enough we'll have a big four for you I'm thinking not this week, but next week for sure. Maybe we can yeah. knock a whole chapter out. Yeah, the wife will be down in Disneyland, so I'll have some free time next weekend. Uh, my dog will have recovered from his procedure. He's doing well. He's doing good. Dog's he's good. Dude, he's, he's too active today. It's like not even, it's 48 hours and he's just too active. So, um, but he's resting. So it's good. We'll see. We'll see what happens with the uh, test results and hope for the best. He's he's too much of a puppy. He just like keeping him and his brother. It's like, calm. you guys can't wrestle like you normally do. But anyway, you guys, listeners at home, don't care so much about that. What you do care about if you're tuning into this is the Mandalorian chapter 22 called Guns for Hire. We're going to get some Mandalorian music and then we are going to break down this rather interesting episode. So here's some Mandalorian music to set the mood for you. All right, Tony. This this episode, I, I will. I'm going to give props to my wife. 
and a lot of props to my wife because we watched it together. All right. Actually, she watched it and then I went back and rewatched it. Um, when I first watched it, I was like of the opinion, like, man, it's like 30 minutes of just like nothing that really seems to further anything. And then, of course, the last 10 minutes is hugely important. But she pointed out something to me and she's like, you know, this is kind of interesting because it shows that although and we've seen this earlier in the earlier episode with the doctor who uh, gets, you know, mind flayed um, that although the New Republic has done their best with this amnesty program to rehabilitate former Imperial members, there are still pockets of. I guess you can call it resistance. You know, people who aren't exactly jiving with the whole peace, love, no war. It's like the 60s all over again sort of vibe that the New Republic is trying to sell. And there's these pockets of imperial loyalists who are creating problems. Point in case, this episode here, which of course is the first 30 minutes is all about cameos and huge cameos at that. You got Lizzo, you got Jack Black, and you got Christopher Lloyd as the imperial dissensionist, basically. Um, in this whole thing. So before we get to the, the last 10 minutes, of course, is the big important stuff. Um, I wanted to turn it over to you first. You said that you thought this is a pretty good episode, very good episode. What did you like about it? And, and what did you think? At least let's, let's get up to the point where before they go in the confrontation between Bo and, and, and what is it? Wolves Axe? I forget Axe wolves or something like that. Axe body spray. Maybe not, but <laughs> It just it, we're we're getting to go in the direction of where the whole point of this story is, and I think we're going to get to that conversation at the end of this episode here. Kind of, you know, I think something I believe Patrick brought it up in the chat. Is that was that it or was that you? I'm not sure. I'm not sure. I talked, and, and I mean, we should let people know Patrick O'Dowd or Patrick O'Dowd, our fearless leader, probably going to be out the next few weeks. He's got. Other engagements attend to, and it sounds like a lot of fun, some of them, which we won't go into here. But Patrick and I did talk about it a little bit. You'll hear it tomorrow on Hockey Talk, where at least part of the episode is bandwagon nerds, you know, subplot sort of thing. Where Pat, you know, his his complaints, and I know he went off on it last week about the retconning of the uh, sequel trilogy being brought into virtually everything they're doing right now, or a lot of what they're doing with The Mandalorian, with um, Bad Batch, things like that. Um, he, 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 he liked the cameos. He didn't like Jack Black at all. I'll tell you that right now. And he said it was too much, too much of Jack Black in in that cameo. And he was a bit over the top and colorful and flamboyant in this episode, but I didn't mind it so much. Um, I don't know if that's what you were referring to, but please continue with your thoughts. Well, you know, the other argument thing that brought up was, is, you know, is this just a, it's not a story about, um, Dinjarin anymore you know right right that's the other and, thing we talked about it's not just about din and grogu and people there's been some backlash for that but it's it might it never really has been it's been a way of getting to this point to be honest with you through dinjarin and, and him being a mandalorian but the mandalorian no longer is dinjarin the title now stands for the Mandalorian, as in the people that are the Mandalorians, right? Because that's the story. What else is happening now? We had to meet Bo-Katan. We had to meet the the creator. We had to meet our, you know, everything that had to come together so that they could visit the planet, know it was there, know what kind of struggle they're going to have to go through to eventually end up getting all their people back together, the Mandalorians, and taking Mandalore back as their home. 
right? Like that's the end game of all of this, or at least where you could take the story and continue it on. This this has this has so much unending content. I believe they could keep telling this Mandalorian story. The lore of it and the backstory is so phenomenal, and the characters that you've already created. I mean, we got to see Sasha Banks back again. That was freaking awesome. Uh, Casca Reeves is is her is her name here in Star Wars. So. I really love Bo-Katan and, and what's going on. And then at the end, the most important thing that happens is right. it's explained out and accepted by the people of how Bo-Katan gets the, you know, the dark saber back. Right. And right. Right. And I think, you know, part of what's going on in that first 30 minutes is and I, I do. I absolutely think my wife was right. It, it is showing these. And I told Pat yesterday, it's like, I, I don't know if you've watched Andor yet. Um, which I know a lot of people didn't like. I love the show. Thought it was fantastic. I'm actually at the very end of it now. Um, it, it's just kind of like Andor was showing the beginnings of the rebellion. And I know like we're going to talk Star Wars Celebration later on. There was footage of season two, which will be the final season of Andor. Fine. Um, this is kind of the opposite side of that coin, showing the origins of the first uh, of the uh, first order and kind of showing it from the standpoint of there are people who aren't buying this. And there are people trying to cause dissension, like Christopher Lloyd's character takes these um, Imperial battle droids that were allegedly refurbished and rehabilitated to be peaceful and, and you know, put some uh, some programming in there that all did have been nanobots. Yeah, nanobots. And all Din has to do is kick one and it reverts back to its its battle droidish way. I like that word where Din it's like you had me at battle droids, you know. He's just yes, like, you know I was gonna bring that up. That was the one line I wanted to bring up of the thing and I thought that was just so perfect because he's such a dry character, you know, and that whole you had me at you know, you can insert line here, it it, it just kind of plays a lot when it's well done. The other thing that i really loved which was phenomenal was the relationship between um the duchess who played by lizzo and grogu oh yes absolutely yeah i mean it, it's like you know he's like she's all can i hold him uh he doesn't take kindly to strangers and he, she starts dangling some food and he jedi flips out of his pod yep. and she's just petting his head right and he's just he's just well, going with it and then he helps her make like an amazing shot at like, you could yes. call it space bocce ball, caterpillar that's space, right. caterpillar bocce ball or that's something. That's right. And that's there. It's, that's very subtle. You know, you don't get to see that, but you know, I, and something else I was wondering is when they were showing it, the recap, um, you know, I'm almost wondering if Bo-Katan isn't a little force sensitive because doesn't she kind of like make the dark saber come to her in that fight down in the, in the mines of Mandalore. I mean, I, I got to watch that again, but it almost looks like she does a force. Was it that? A force was it pull. that, or was wasn't Grogu there? And he, yeah, you're trying do yeah, that. That's right. Maybe it was him. Maybe you're right. That's a good call. So, but she's the, definitely. I think she's definitely though the most experienced in combat out of all the Mandalorians. I think even Din. I think she's like the best warrior out of every single Mandalorian. Right. And we're going to get to that in just a second. I think the other big part about the the first 30 minutes of this um, is the, you get to see the growing relationship and I'm not saying it's a personal relationship, but it's a relationship between Din and Bo. And you see them relying on each other a lot more and kind of like, you know, kidding around with each other a little bit here and there. There's some, there's some, you know, some, some cutting dialogue here and there, but it's, it's not in a, in a adversarial way. Well, 
Yeah, like dog knots, right? That was dog kind knots. of a fun little thing where, you know, Bo-Katan had been basically the one to show Din what's going on throughout their relationship in the past few episodes, you know, like saves him, uh, does a lot of the planning for the, you know, the the um, the rescue mission that they did. But now we get to a point where they get to a situation where Din has the experience and he knows how to go about things. So it is a fun little playful back and forth there. Right, right. And and Din's, Din's the key there to say, you know, I have spoken. He says you have to communicate with him a certain way or you won't get anywhere with the Ugnaughts. So, yeah, it, it's it's a good relationship. And you can see, like, when they chase down that battle droid. And I know I've read about it. The physics of the whole thing don't make any sense. That Din takes two right turns and a left and suddenly he's in front of this battle droid, whatever. You know, you can get lost in all that. Who gives a shit? But just... I, if you... Like, you are... So... You're okay with the whole force thing. You're okay with little Grogu, right? You're okay with every, you're okay with all of that. But you're, where he stops is how he runs through a restaurant and tackles a droid. Like, yeah, the, 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 shut the fuck up, right? That's right. People are going to complain. And and I think going back a little bit to like you, and I, I love what you said about there are pockets of people and lots of them who say, well, this isn't about Din and Grogu anymore. And it, you're right. It's not. It's about the rise of Mandalore, the retaking of Mandalore, how the Mandalorians come back to power in some respect. Now, clearly we don't see Mandalorians in the sequel trilogy anywhere that I can recall. So something happened at some point, And this is, I'm sure the story about, you know, probably the first order probably wiped them out. That's my guess, but we'll see how we get to that point. Um, and I don't have a problem with this not being about Din and Grogu and being a, a bigger world. That's like, that's like people who sh- who shit on the walking dead when they started expanding and bringing in all these other communities. Like, did you just want them to stay in Atlanta? All this, these 10 people and never go beyond that. You know, that's so I think it, it's fine. I'm fine that there's a bigger world that they're exploring. They're bringing in the Mandalorians are, are some of the biggest, um, players in star Wars lore. And we're going to talk about the new star Wars timeline, uh, coming up later on on the show. But, uh, yeah, so whatever. I, I, I do think, though, you get to see Din and Bo becoming a more cohesive tandem uh, and Grogu thrown in there every once in a while for good measure, although he's really not in this part of it. But you get to see how well they work together in this thing. So they there is a level of respect that is growing between them. Point in case, let's move to the last 10 minutes when we get to the point where Bo has found the lost fleet. She has to retake them. She challenges Axe. I think that's his name. I don't remember. I think it it's is. I'm pretty sure it's Axe Woves or something like that. Mm-hmm. Challenges him to a fight and pretty much beats his ass. I mean, it's not much of a fight at all. And, and you know, the other Mandalorians stay out of it. And even after she beats him, though, Axe is like, you know, we can't follow somebody who doesn't wield the Darksaber. And like you're saying, Din then explains to them, you, you know, he's like, he wants to give her back the Darksaber. They're like, you can't just give it. It has to be won in battle. And Din explains what happened to him in the minds of Mandalore and that, sure, it's a little roundabout, but Bo-Katan did, it is true because Din had it taken. she did it with the dark, she did it with the dark saber. That's right. That's right. So she, how he explains it is I was captured. It was taken from me. She rescued me and defeated the person or it or whatever it was that had the dark saber. So doesn't that mean she won it in combat? And they're like stopping and pausing is like, it does. Which puts Bo-Katan firmly back in charge. Now, there are only two episodes left. There is still the issue that has to be resolved as to who broke Moff Gideon. And I wasn't here last week, so I don't know what you guys talked about with that. Um, as to who broke him out. 
There's remnants well, it was Mandalorian. Of, it was Mandalorian. Yeah. So what are your thoughts? You weren't here last week. What do you think? You know, I, I would say that my best guess, it would be this lost fleet because they were mercenaries. And you get to see at the beginning of this episode that, you know, they're honorable. All it takes is a few credits and they can be bought for any price. So what's to say that somebody didn't buy them off to go and bust Moff Gideon out of, you know, because I, I don't, you know, if it was Din Djarin, that'd be one thing. But then again, yeah, they were all there on that ship at the end when Luke came in and, you know, wiped everybody out. It's either them or Bo-Katan. Um, and I can't imagine it was Bo-Katan. So there's a, there's gotta be, a, I mean, the other, like the slight possibility I brought up is there's someone that is prominent enough that has stolen like Mandalorian armor and things of that nature that, you know, I know we kind of did the pirate thing already, so it kind of leaves it open-ended there, but I'm just trying to think a little outside of the box, which you guys are thinking it was likely one of the people we don't suspect that are very prominent in the show. And for reasons we'll find out probably next season, we'll probably end this season finding out who it was, but not why it was done. Right. I agree. I agree. I think, you know, and I would not put this beyond the fact that this is a, uh, that we end it with the reveal. Well, it'll of- be. Go ahead. No, no. Now, ahead. I wonder if we're going to end the season with the reveal of Grand Admiral Thrawn, and that's going to tie into Ahsoka, because we know he's showing up there. I wouldn't be surprised if he commissioned somebody, uh, maybe awesome. another group of Mandalorians that we don't know anything about. Because awesome. I'm thinking we're going to see, like, here, like now, even more so now, because, it, you know, I think the story is just going to keep getting told. I, I This series is going to last a while. I, you know, out of all the series we cover, some of them we get upset a few of them very small amount that they get stopped short. Most of them were happy when they get cut down and they're done. Lock and key. I mean, it's been a bad stretch for us, you know, overall, but some of them, you can just see how much legs they have. I mean, shit. uh, you, You don't even really need Din to keep having seasons of this either because of what you're about to tell. But I think we're going to about to get, the unification of all these Mandalorians back together again in one sole purpose. And then somebody is going to be the one that did it. And we're going to question whether or not it's still possible to bring them all back together. Right. Exactly. I think that's going to the Bo Bo is going to do her best to unify, you know, it's like Braveheart unite the clans sort of thing. Um, but there's going to be some outliers that are, you know, Moff Gideon showing up at the end of this season. I don't think there's any doubt that, you know, he's not going to be there at the end of the season in some form. Last, last, last thing you see. It could be, could be the last thing you see. And then somebody standing next to him that you don't expect. Like, dude, I mean, for honestly, I just thought of this. It could be Boba Fett. We haven't even talked about that. What if it's Boba Fett who is, we know he's got Mandalorian tech, um, you know, and, and, and you know, Pat, and I, Pat likes to shit on the book of Boba Fett for good reason. But what if it's him? What if he's I the like traitor, the you know? Huh? I like the book of Boba Fett. I, I didn't hate it. I mean, I, I I understand the complaints about it, that it wasn't really about Boba Fett. It was more Mandalorian 2.5. Right, but just, sure, but like, let's just say they never named it the book of Boba Fett. Let's just say they never named it that, and you just watched it. And you'd be like, oh, that was pretty good. It was, yeah, it was fine. I didn't, I did not hate it at all. I, I mean, I, yeah, I didn't hate it as much as Pat, but, but all that, all that notwithstanding, it could be Boba Fett. I mean, you know, that would be that would be a pretty drastic betrayal after what Din did for but him. But he could have could have reason. Could have a reason. Lots of money. Um, or 
he could have had been threatened in some way, or, or maybe they've got Fennec and Fennec Shad, who, you know, was his right hand. Maybe they've got her and he's trying to do something to get her free. There could be a lot of reasons, but I mean, but talk about like all the Imperial influence that's going on, you know, especially in the amnesty program, like, couldn't they have like made it look to someone, you know, it smells of Imperial as forces, doesn't it? Yes. And I think that's going back to the original point that these pockets of imperialism that still exist out there, that is not all, you know, it's not all great and it's not all flowers and it's not all sunshine and roses. Uh, as far as the new Republic, there are various entities who don't, and you know, we got the one chick, I forget her name, but she's the one who did all the mind wiping in that one episode. She's still out there and you get to see, I think she's in this one as well. We're expressing some concern over what's going on. She knows the Mandalorians are involved with this stuff. So, um, you know, I don't know. We're going to see. I, I, I'll i be as curious as anybody to see what happens in that season finale, which is only two weeks away. So, uh, yeah, gosh, Pat won't even be here for the recap. That sucks. It's it's interesting. They They got the big cameo episode like right out of the way before you get to the penultimate and ultimate episode. Right. Because usually the, the semi, the semi, the second to last episode is usually like the big, huge action episode that, you know, makes you turn into oh here's where we're going. And then you get to that last episode. It's a little shorter, a little more powerful, and it's not quite what you expected, but hopefully better. I, I just, I'm wondering, is somebody riding the mythosaur before we're done with this season? I say, yes. <laughs> Bandwagon nerds riding the mythosaur. <laughs> That's right. Instead of ride the lightning, ride the mythosaur. But anyway, I think, yeah, like you're saying, it's it's going to be a fun uh, ride. I think, I think the episode title is uh, You Had Me at Battle Droids. There you go. You Had Me at Battle Droids. That's excellent. Uh, yeah, I think next next episode they're going to Mandalore. I think that's pretty evident. So that pr- raises the prospect. I think, you know, they're going to go to Mandalore. Uh you may get Moff Gideon next episode. That may be the reveal. And then the last episode is, is some big fight on Mandalore where Bo or Din is going to ride the mythosaur into battle to turn the tide of the battle until the, you know, fucking Kylo Ren shows up or some shit. I don't know, but we'll, (laughs) you know, we'll see what happens. Um, Yeah. Dear, dear, uh, yeah. Dear star Wars and Lego, please make a Kylo Ren helmet. It would be phenomenal. Thank you. PC Tunny. I'm sure they're going to listen to you, Tony. But anyway, man, you got any final thoughts on the Mandalorian before we cut out of here, take our first commercial break and then take a very extended walk into the trailer park. That isn't even all the trailer park because we pushed a couple things to a yeah, sub part I, of the park. <laughs> yeah, we got a, a lot of a good show, really good show today. A lot of, a lot of stuff to talk about, but Mandalorian wise. Yes. Um, yeah. That the, the meaning of the title of the series is changed right it was about the mandalorian right it was about din Djarin, and it was great and it still is great and but now it's more about the mandalorian as in the people yes right I agree. and and mandalore and and the 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 lore of it all because this is just a uh, it's such an interesting people it's such an interest, like, this is the way, like you, you know, may the force be with you. This is the, like there is, this is rivaling kind of thing that needs to be continued out. I really hope that what is this season three? I mean, I'm not going to sit, try and sit here and be like LeBron James and not one, not two, not three, not four, but 
you could easily do 10 seasons of this followed by two or three movies. Like that's, if you were smart about it, like, come on, this is a pretty cool thing that's happening here. It is. And there's nothing about this season that remotely suggests this is it. I mean, no, I've seen here. nothing, huh? Like, I mean, at least at the very least, we're only at the halfway point. There's at least three more seasons here. I would think so. I mean, but, but the fact of the matter is that we have seen nothing in this season to suggest that this is the end. Um, no, it's, or it's close getting better to, still. Yeah. Or right. Close to it's the still end. getting better. Oh, I do too. Yeah. I mean, this show is, is for all the naysayers out there. It's not about Din and Grogu get fucking over it. You know, it, it's, it's a bigger story that's being told. Deal with it. I mean, there's nothing in here you can't get. I'm surprised the misogynists aren't out there saying a woman can't lead the Mandalorians. You know, oh, hey. <laughs> I'm waiting for that, but not about Cody. It's about the bigger story. That's okay. There you go. That's right. So Bo-Katan is Cody. Ro- no, something like that. Din, Din's Cody. Din's Cody and Bo's Roman or something. The the entire Mandalorian story is the bloodline. There you, you, know, you know, and we're, that's we're that, is, that is a bloodline. A, a, a bloodline with like jetpack. The only pro- I did want to bitch about. Be the one, ones. This is the way. I did want to bitch about one thing well. in this episode when they're chasing the battle droid and. Bo-Katan uh-huh. jumps over something that's maybe like a half an inch tall and she lights the jetpacks to do it. I thought, what the hell's the point of that? Yeah, that the, the visual conception wasn't necessarily executed properly there. Right. I was like, wait, why? Why are we? It's like, it's like, you know, when you're playing football and like the ball's at shoulder level, but you're going to jump for it to make the catch, right? You know, it's like. Well, it was uh, Robin Yount catching the last out of Juan Nieves' no hitter. Go back and find that. And uh, he really didn't need to leave his feet. All right, man. Well, guys, that's going to do it for this recap of the Mandalorian chapter 22, also known as season three, episode six, if you want to be a dick about it. But, you know, that great episode furthering the storyline. We're going to see what happens next. I can't wait to see them go back to Mandalore. We're going to take our first commercial break. And after that, man, we are going to get the banjos out and we got to spend some time. We got to spend some time in the trailer park, Tony. There's a lot to break down. So, before we go, uh, I think it's it's only imperative upon me to, to implore upon PC Tunney to let you know where can you get your hands on some of that sweet, sweet chair shot merch. You thought I was going to say something else, didn't you? Oh, boy. Oh, boy. I didn't know we were getting into it. I mean, we'd be, we should be getting paid more for it. Anyway, sure. uh, ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. A bunch of great T-shirts. Make sure you go check it out. That's ProWrestlingTees.com forward slash the chair shot. Don't forget about the chairshot.com. Always use your head. We shall return. Say goodbye to your credit card rewards. Greedy corporate mega stores led by Walmart and Target are pushing for a law in Congress to take away your hard-earned cash back and travel points to line their pockets. The Durbin Marshall credit card bill would enact harmful credit card routing mandates that would end credit card rewards as we know it. If you love your credit card rewards, tell your lawmakers, hands off my rewards. Tell them to oppose the Durbin Marshall credit card bill. This is your boy, Kenny Killer, telling you to make sure you check out thechairshot.com, bringing you breaking news, interviews, podcasts galore, everything pro wrestling. Make sure you check it out, thechairshot.com. Thechairshot.com. Always use your head. See, I, I love it when you're here, Tony. You make my post-production efforts so much easier. I don't even have to add in the commercial. It's there would for you. you. Just, would you just tell Patrick to let me play him for you then? <laughs> 
I, I tell I think you. We just, I think we just did. <laughs> we just did. There you go. So uh, we're going to break out the banjos. Ray's not here, so it really doesn't make sense for you to fly solo on the banjos on this one, Tony, because, you That's know, right. without without Ray, it's it's just it's not quite the same. But we got a long visit in the trailer park today, folks. We're going to go there. We got five to talk about. And then two that are in the other part of the trailer that we're going to get to. But time to hit some banjos and let's get to it. All right, Tony's warming up the banjo on his end, even though we're trying to get Ray Cash in here. But anyway, let's let's talk some trailers. We got five, five of them. And I kind of set this up in, I don't know, ascending order of interest, I'd say. I mean, it's debatable, but I, I think it's ascending order of interest. Let's talk the first one. We got the second trailer for Barbie, which is coming out July 21st, 2023. Pat mentioned this. You know, he was like, one of the things he lamented yesterday on, on our yesterday recording yesterday airing tomorrow time is a flat circle folks with entry points on both sides don't worry about it uh but what what he would mention is like you know for like weeks he's been making up trailers to throw in the trailer park just trying to find documentaries and shit and then the week he's not here boom this fucking dump of massive trailers if if we weren't covering a show and we had four people on, we could have just done the seven trailers and a two hour show. Do you know what I'm saying? That's how many oh, yeah. trailers there were this week. Yeah. Ex- and they're all big trailers. It's not like just like, you know, I mean, the two that right off the outset are, aren't, are probably the smallest of them. But anyway, it's not, the, it's not like cocaine shark or something. No, it's, these are actually really <laughs> cocaine shark. Um, Barbie is the second trailer or the second trailer for the Barbie movie coming out July 21st, 2023. Pat had mentioned this to me. Um, and then I went and went back and watched it. Um, you know, Margot Robbie as Barbie is probably some of the perfect, most perfect casting of all time. I, I can't, I mean, when you really think about it, you look at the trailer and look at what she's doing. Ryan Gosling is, I think Ken in this one. Yes. People are bitching that and Ryan Gosling's is- too old to be Ken. I'm like, stop. <laughs> if he's too well, old, he's so, in great shape uh, for it. Uh, so is Shang-Chi. Uh, what's, uh, Leo, uh, what, uh, what's his name? I forgot his name as well, but yeah, he's Ah. in there. Um, you know, I just want to know, Tony, are are you planning to beach anybody off anytime soon? Is, is that, is that a thing? (laughs) That's pretty funny. Um, it's interesting. This really looks like a dry, dark comedy musical. It does. It does. I mean, it's set in the Barbie universe. Yeah. Oh, Simu Liu. Um, yeah, apologies for getting, uh, yeah, Greta Gerwig is in here, Emma Mackey, Will Ferrell's in here, Michael Sarah, America Ferreira, Kate McKinnon. I mean, the, the, the cast is freaking stacked. There's gotta be something to this, right? Because it's really weird. It seemed like there was some adult humor there, but this is, kids are going to want to see this. Little girls um, are going to want to see this. Yeah, so, I mean, I totally enjoyed the fact that they gave you, like, the different Barbies. Like, hey, Barbie, Barbie, Barbie. You know, they're all Barbie, right? And then they're all Ken, but they're different. 
and then the car and going on a trip and, and everything else. And it's just, it, it seems like though it could be really a real dark kind of comedy though. It could be, it could be something very sad if it wanted to be. Um, I don't think that's what it's going to be. I think it's going to be this playful thing with adult humor hidden. Uh, so the parents take their kids to it because you got to imagine not just like little girls, but every girl that's age five to 54 to fit to, to even higher than that. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, when was, when did, when was Barbie invented the forties? I don't know, man. It's been, they, she's been around for a long damn time, but, um, no, you're right. I think this is this is one of these crossover appeal type of movies because it does have some some at least suggestions of adult humor, like where you've got Ken and Barbie where he's saying, hey, maybe I could stay over at your place tonight. And like, what are we going to do? 1959. Wow. Okay. So she's been around for a long time. The first Barbie. So anybody born like 1950 or late. So even into the 70s, mm-hmm. even into your 70s. Yeah. No, I mean absolutely it's barbie transcends time i mean there's going to be there's still barbie still sells i'm sure barbie dolls still sell like hotcakes i have not looked up the stats for that but come on but you know you got margot robbie who of course is hugely recognizable as harley quinn and is a tremendous talent i think she's you know you you get sucked in with the with the looks and all that sort of thing but she's a really good performer as well and I think you see it in this trailer, just the little bit that she does, the little bit that you see of her, the, and she portrays that Barbie naivete really well in 2022, 776 million for Barbie sales last year. Yeah. They're making bank folks. <laughs> there's a, no, now you know why there's a movie coming out about this. Like that makes total sense, doesn't it? And the perfect way to do it is to have this kitschy, catchy glitzy glammy exactly what the kids want to go and see as far as what you saw there in the in the trailer with some hidden humor and all the nostalgia of the brand that 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 catches as many audiences as you can there for the brand where's pat mcafee when i need him but it really is the miz at wrestlemania not out his quad (laughs) not blowing out his quad but i mean to be honest are you going to go see this in the theaters i'm not but the theater, but you know what? You're going to, we're going to watch. We are, you and I are both going to watch it when it comes out on streaming, just because it's, it's, it's America. It's an American icon is what it is. It is. And stuff's coming out on stream. I mean, I don't know if you've seen some of the stuff coming out in streaming lightning fast, like Creed three's out. Shazam two is already out for, for home viewing. It's like, holy shit. It's so, funny because the, pe- the people that are going to go see these movies in the movie theater are going to do it in the first couple to few weeks. Maybe, you know, you get your four week run and it's got to drop off big after that. And anything other than like Black Panther, I think, had a longer run. You go back Spider-Man kind of like that. But some of these non, you know, super, super duper heavy hitters are not lasting long. Dude, Top Gun Man was a year in the theaters. Think about that. Yeah. Yeah. That was that was the exception of the rule. But here's my bold prediction, Tony. Barbie is going to outgross Black Adam. It, globally? I think so. Yeah, it's possible. I I think so, man. I think I it's certainly domestically, but I would say globally if they hit 776 million in one year just on, you know. That in in Barbie sales alone would outgross Black Adam's revenues. <laughs> I mean, we'll see, but, but will people go to see a movie about it? That's, that's the big catch, but it does it. The trailer's a lot of fun 
and there's a lot of, I mean, like they're driving towards the real world, you know, that sort of thing. And so there's, you seem to see like, okay, maybe there's a way they punch through. Well, let me get to one more thing that's kind of interesting about how this movie's going to go is, is, you know, um, Ken's looking at Barbie, um, and, and going, you know, Hey, I want to stay over tonight. And Barbie's like, why? And he's like, well, because we're boyfriend, girlfriend. And she's like, well, what are we going to do? And he goes, well, honestly, I don't know. Exactly. (laughs) What are we supposed to do? But, uh, anyway, yeah, it's, it's going to be a good movie. This, I said it when the first trailer came out, I remember saying this movie looks better than it has any right to be. And the second trailer solidifies that, in my opinion, this movie looks way better than I would ever give it credit for. If you just saw the title and didn't bother to watch a trailer, it'd be like Barbie. Once you watch, you're like, okay, I'm for people like us to say, I'm interested in seeing this. Maybe not movies opening night, but I'm definitely interested in seeing this. That's a big endorsement for this movie. It's an American icon and it has traction. It does. Speaking of American icons, let's move to our second trailer. This is a Patrick O'Dowd special. I put this on here just for him. We didn't get a lot of it. We only got a, a little like a teaser trailer to it, but I know it's Pat's one of his favorite franchises of all time, the Muppets. Muppets Mayhem. It's a new series beginning streaming on Disney Plus May 10th, 2023, so just around the corner like a month away. Uh didn't give us a whole lot. It looks like it's about one of the bands in the Muppets, you know, one of the one of the most recognizable bands from the series. Uh, but yeah, beyond that, I don't know if we got a whole lot of information. I know Patrick's very excited because it's the Muppets. It's it's a beloved, and you know, we're talking about another very beloved franchise that was around since the mid seventies. Um, what do you think of this one, man? I, I like I said, there's not a lot to this. It's a teaser. You just kind of got an idea of the premise of it, sort of. But um, looks good. Looks fun. You know, they, 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 we've done the Muppet show. We've had all the different Muppet movies. They tried to bring the Muppet show back. as kind of like a behind the scenes talk show and talk show actually having special guests on. I think this one, you know, you're talking about Dr. Teeth and the electric mayhem here, right? That that's right. the Muppet there band. You go. There it is. What you're going to see is them having to tour. Why not? That would be a fun series and they could interact with musical stars which would probably draw more attention and like YouTube hits and things of that nature, because if they perform with them, people are going to want to see, Oh, such and such performed with Dr. Teeth and electric mayhem. Right? Like it, it was kind of the concept with what they did recently when they tried to do, you know, the Muppet show and, and Kermit was the host with piggy, the, you know, running the producing the backstage and they'd bring on uh, celebrity guests. The Muppets have always been about, the, the human celebrity as well as the characters along the way. So I think this could be really fun. And I think you'd see a whole lot of musicians want to get in on this and, and, and kind of have something not only for them being fans of the Muppets growing up, but something that they can do that is also very relatable if they have kids and things of that nature. I love the fact that, you know, although we, and I, if they're going to bring musical acts into the whole mix, you know, that'd be even better you know, there's opportunities for even even somebody the stature of Taylor Swift to come on the show because it's Disney Plus. I mean, that's just even more exposure. So anybody, you could do anything. You could do a whole album with each season. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, you know, I don't. I, I, I like the idea about them touring. I don't know how many episodes this first season is, but I think modernizing the Muppets and bringing them to a a, a new audience through the power of Disney Plus. You know, Disney Plus, of course, we know about their struggles. 
and and that sort of thing and things that they've had going on. But I think having a show like the Muppets, a franchise as beloved as the Muppets right there uh, in a new environment, that's got to be a win for Disney plus. Hopefully we learn more about it over the next few weeks. And, and by the time Pat cut gets back on the show, it'll almost be time for it to come out. So we'll see, but I, I it's exciting. Yeah. You know, I, I liked, I like you know, anything bringing the Muppets and modernizing them and then bringing them back to the collective consciousness of the present geek slash nerd fan base. Sure. Yes. More of that. Amen. Let's do it. Let's go to now. We start to get to the bigger trailers, uh, the more substantive ones. Oof. Ooh, Blue Beetle, the big one. Yeah, Blue Beetle coming out August eighteenth, twenty twenty three. I think that's the date. Um, this trailer, you know, and and you've got who's who's the actor who plays uh, Jaime in this? It's it's the kid from Cobra Kai. Yeah, Tony's going to look it up. I forget his name. Ray would be slapping me right now for forgetting his name. As big of a Cobra Kai fan as I am, but, um, you know, the, the concept of this movie and as to where it fits into the James Gunn's DCEU or DC universe, uh, he didn't specifically mention this when he revealed his big master plan. It is, how do you even pronounce that? I think that's Jolo Meradueña. Jolo Jolo Meradueña. Yeah. The kid who plays, he plays Miguel from Cobra Kai. So if you've watched Cobra Kai, like a lot of us have, and people like me who absolutely adore that show, uh, he's going to be the head character. The The trailer kind of shows that uh, he gets the gift of the scarab from somebody who gives it to him in a hamburger box. And this thing basically takes over his his body and turns him into Blue Beetle. Now, like I said, Jane Sarandon, right? I think you're right. Susan Sarandon is. Yeah. She's, and she's playing Victoria Cord. Right. And she's the one who says the scarab chose you, but it's really mine. Um, that sort of thing. But, you know, like I said, James Gunn didn't specifically mention this movie by name, but I have a strong feeling it's going to be part of his universe as we move forward, especially when you look at when it's coming out, which is after Flash comes out. Uh, you know, the trailer, I, I like the trailer. I've heard like people in my own family, like my nephew-in-law complained and my niece-in-law complained that. Man, this looks like a Power Rangers movie. Um, I looked at it more, if I was going to analogize it to anything, it, to me it looks more like an Iron Man type of movie than a Power Ranger type of movie. And 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 the way that... Go ahead, Tony. It's, it's perfect for DC. If they can get this right, because it looks cool. There's a really good surrounding cast for him. Um, it's obviously the Latino community. Which, which I mean, talk about uh, people that are that are growing, um, you know, and and things of that nature. And then on top of it, you mentioned Iron Man. I feel like it's an Iron Man, Spider Man kind of is take the good from both and put them together because you have this young kid learning this new kind of, Heck. you know, a beetle, a spider, and then you have inside the helmet the Iron Man thing going on, right? Um, I just. I, I'm really intrigued because th- this is an interesting way to go about a new a new DC road. Um, it, it's it's going to be fun. You're just going to have to be patient, right? And I wish Ray was here because I know he's been really high on this movie for a long time. Whereas the rest of us were like, oh, I don't know, man. Blue Beetle does is he a popular enough character to really move the needle? You know, to, to quote Roman Reigns, is he a needle mover? And and Ray's been adamant that the that people in his generation and, and younger even 
Uh, Blue Beetle is a, is a huge character in, like you're saying, the Latino community and just this newer generation of DC fans. So I agree with you. If it's done right, if they get the right people around him, if it's presented the right way, this could be a show stealer that we're not expecting a lot of wrestling parlance here today, guys. But bear with us. It is a pro wrestling network. But I think this could be a show stealer. It's all that, entertainment. That's right. It's all under, under the entertainment umbrella. Um, I, I like the trailer. I, I'm curious. You know, August will be very interesting to see what kind of movie we get. I'm hopeful for this thing. You know, I, I just the, it's gonna it's gonna face the whole DC issue as to are people gonna go and see a movie about a property they just don't know a whole lot about. Uh, and does it fit in James Gunn's plans? Because at this point, if you're not part of James Gunn's universe, I think you're, you're going to have trouble. Yeah, you're just a one-off. You're just a you know a, a a flash in the pan at that point. Then even if you're good. Yeah, and I think you saw that. I mentioned that with Shazam too. That people knew, or at least we presumed, it wasn't part of James Gunn's universe. And then at the end of it, with the post credit, like I'm not sure. Maybe it is. Peacemaker is probably going to be part of it. You got Peacemaker people in here. Maybe well, it is part of it. So. Yeah, but that's his too. So well, that's true. Yeah, it has to be part of the universe. That's yours, you know. <laughs> so, um, I I I like the trailer. I think I I did. I got more of the Iron Man vibe than the Power Rangers. I didn't see, but I don't give a shit about Power Rangers. Sorry, Ray. Um, but you know, so it doesn't it doesn't appeal to me. But even my my niece and my nephew, I'm like, I don't see the power ranger correlation too much here. Yeah, I don't get that either. So we'll see. Next on the hit list, Marvel not wanting to be left out of the whole equation. We got the trailer first big trailer for secret invasion coming June 21st, 2023. This is a tough one, man. Cause it's like, again, not a lot is being told, but yet enough is being told to kind of clue you in that same thing. We've always known the scrolls have, have infiltrated various levels of government or shield or whatever is in shield so much so that nick fury comes back from his hiatus on the scroll mothership and decides that he's got to come back and get involved because you know it, which raises the interesting question okay is this a a rogue element of scrolls that has infiltrated all this stuff and 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 has nick fury been played this whole time um you don't see anybody else in this thing there's no other avengers no other superheroes it's just nick fury and being asked about, you know, are you sure you're ready for this sort of uh, this battle, this fight that's coming on? So, again, we, we know the general concept of secret invasion. We know what's going on. You see certainly here some scroll elements, uh, including at least one scroll agent and then a modification where this tentacled being starts to do some interesting stuff. But, yeah, exactly. Uh, so. We know what this is about. June 21st, I mean, Disney said they want to scale back some of the Marvel TV shows. This one did not get scaled back. What do you think of this thing, Tony? This is an interesting one. I think it's something that's more towards the side of the less we see and know coming in, the better it'll be when we actually finally consume it. You know what I'm saying? Like some things you just really want to know well, what's the premise here? You know, who's going to be the good guy? Who's going to be the bad guy? You know, how are we going to work this out? And then other things, I mean, secrets in the fucking title. <laughs> That's right. It's not, it's not obvious invasion coming your way. As little as we know, I am even more confident the other way that this is going to be excellent. I think this is going to bring a lot of things together and show us really 
really overall where we're going, not just with Kang and everything else, but, you know, we're going to start to see where all the dots are going to be connected after this happens. I think this is going to be a really important movie or, or um, uh, production. Sure. Yeah, and, and sure. we don't know how many episodes it'll be yet, but, you know, Samuel Jackson, he can do no wrong, really. So we will see what no. happens with... Coming back for a reason. There, there. That's right. And this is going to push forward at least one of these story arcs. We're not sure where or how it all fits together, but I agree with you that they're they're playing this one close to the vest. They probably don't want to give away too much. Marvel nerds out there like us already kind of got, have a pretty good idea as to what the story is about. We know there's scrolls involved. We see some. There's a few scenes that look like some cloning technology almost going on, where they're making scrolls into people and vice versa or something like that. So. Yeah, I, I mean, if it's anything like the the comic series, it, it raises the possibility of the introduction of a bunch of different characters, a bunch of important characters into the whole Marvel equation. No, I don't think it's a it's a it's a you know a launching pad for stuff like X Men or Fantastic Four. But there are other things that can come out of this that are going to be very important. But I I like what you said. This one doesn't give away too much because it's it's a secret. Could could this be like the beginning of the new Avengers, though? Well, they specifically say, where are the Avengers? You hear the guy exactly. say, where are the right. Avengers? That's what I'm thinking. Like, yeah. like you know, at some point, we give it, you know, someone's going to come to the conclusion. Well, the Avengers, we know that they, they're not there. That's not it's that's done. We need a new group. We need who's going to step up with who. And at the end of it, they're going to solve the problem and going to go. Things are going to get worse. We're going to need more people. And these people are going to be known as the lead. I think you're going to find two people come in here and, and kind of be the seeds that are planted for the for the new Avengers. No, and that's a really good point. And, and just, you know, think about what you're saying and thinking about that line. Where are the Avengers? Yeah, this, that was prominent. There. This could be like you're saying this this crisis, this secret invasion is what's going to convince Nick Fury and S.H.I.E.L.D. Who's- that right. we need we need the Avengers back. We need a new a new team of Avengers to come in here because the world is still under peril. It's not all great now that Thanos is gone. We know it's not because of whatever's going on with Kang, but Kang, they're gonna stretch that out. This is probably a more immediate global threat that's going to cause Nick Fury to say, We need a new group of Avengers, and off we Ooh. go. Who's your leadership? on the new Avengers. I mean, Cap and, and, and Iron Man were the leadership uh, on the Avengers, right. To, to kick this whole thing going on. Now, who's is it? It could be just, it could be just one person. It could be up to probably three or four people, but likely it's going to probably be two or three in my opinion. Well, Sam, for sure. I think you got Captain America. Sam's going to be the leader. I mean, he's the one who Steve, you know, Steve kind of gave him the shield and wanted him to roll with that. So I think he's probably one of them I'm looking at. Beyond that, yeah, that's Shang Chi. Uh, no, I don't think I don't Ms. think Shang Chi. Maybe Do- Marvel. Maybe Doctor Strange. Maybe Captain Marvel. I think you know you know the Marvels movie will probably help to define that a little bit more. But I mean, the only thing I know for sure, Cap's probably going to be the leader, the main leader, and we'll branch out from there. We don't know what Thor's status is because Chris Hemsworth and his situation as to what he's going to do. Um, you know, and I mean, you've got, you've got some stuff happening right now with, with, you know, you got the Marvels coming out, you got guardians volume three and what, like a month that's, you know, get your Kleenex ready folks. Yeah, They yeah. did. I don't know. I, I didn't put this on the rundown, but they did release the track listing for guardians, uh, three of the soundtrack, which is very good. 
by the way. I I, I really, it's not going to be as good as volume one because what really could be, but um, volume two, it's it's already better than volume. Let's talk the last of the trailers from this main part of the trailer park um, across the Spider-Verse, which I know was delayed. And now you've got it June 2nd, 2023. So June's going to be a big month for nerdy stuff between this and Secret Invasion. Uh, Patrick O'Dowd has made it very clear. He thinks this is the first Spider-Verse into the Spider-Verse was the best Spider-Man movie of all time. And I'm not saying he's wrong. I'm just saying I prefer No Way Home is probably my favorite. But this trailer, you know, facing the daunting task of, of living up to the original and this trailer looks like it's got all sorts of fun stuff going on. I mean, they're they are literally across the Spider Verse, and there's so many people who are Spider Man fans and Spider Verse fans. Um, I mean, I you know a big thing that I do is I play Marvel Strike Force, and actually, right after we're done today, Tanya, there's a big alliance merger going on in the game for me, so it's a big step for my alliance. But there's a you know one of my strongest teams on there is the Spider Verse team, which can Spider Punk is one of them, and Spider you know, and you've got Spider Gwen, Ghost Spider, Scarlet Spider. So you see, you see all that. Um, you see, Spider Man twenty ninety nine seems to be the villain in this whole thing as to what's going on, which which does kind of make some or, sense. Or is he? Or is or he? is he? You know, that's the thing. We don't you don't know enough. We Oscar Isaac, by the way. Yes, from Star Wars to 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 uh, Marvel. I mean, that's like he could. He, I could see him getting a role somewhere in 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 at some point live action. Well, he's got, for, he's Moon Knight, remember? Well, I, by night he could be both in one movie. He could and get, pick up another character. He could pull the Mick Foley of Royal Rumble. <laughs> dude, love, that be dude, love, dude, love in the MCU. That's perfect. I, if you're Oscar Isaac, wouldn't that be cool though to be both of these characters in did, a live action movie? He did pull off at least three different characters oh. in Moon Knight, so you know his Moon Knight performance is one of the best series Marvel performances ever. Yes, absolutely, absolutely. But turning back to this, yeah, there's there's a, a multiversal crisis. Uh, Miles gets to the point, you know, Peter Parker shows up. There's some subtle references to what happened in No Way Home. There's you know. Uh, some other stuff with everybody trying to impose on miles as to who they think he should be. And he's like, no, nah, I'm going to do this on my own as he's in this struggle with one of the Spider-Men. And of course there's the moment, you know, at the end where there's somebody says something like get Spider-Man and they're all pointing at each other. Like the famous gif you, the you, GIF. you. Yeah. So I thought that was really, yeah, exactly. I thought that was really fun. Uh, this movie though, just from this second trailer, looks really promising as far as if not at least you know maybe not surpassing the original but it looks like it's got the potential to equal it what did you think of this thing i thought it was fantastic and jason schwartzman's spot is spot on spot. is the first thing i spot, wanted to say yeah. i mean that's really hilarious but I, it just looks like another great story continue this this um I, a series of movies. There's going to be another one after this. There's got to be. This one's going to be way too successful not to. I just think it's a really cool part of Spider-Man lore. And the more they can connect the, the funnest parts of it together, as far as, you know, Marvel goes, that's what that's what's going to continue your dominance right there. Yeah, and I think, you know, this is the movie. The first one created a buzz for it. This one's going to create a crescendo and a clamoring for a live action Miles Morales, which I know they're going to do. 
And Why you know, not? You you have to. You know, you, they have to. You can to. almost use the same people. <laughs> you should use the same people. Maybe not for Peter, but for Miles? Absolutely. You know, I mean, we're going to talk in a minute about, um, you know, how ah- Ahsoka is going to use. Well, why, why couldn't Jake Johnson play that role? He could. I mean, I don't see, I don't see why he couldn't, you know, it's, it's really the voice is there. It's going to be a lot of, it's probably going to be CGI'd anyway. So it's not like you need him there the whole damn time. But, um, I think this is a type of movie that will, and, and I like the fact that, and this is where animation can be used with maximum effectiveness to introduce a concept like the spider verse and get people familiar with these characters before you put them in live action. And I think that's, this has really been, Um, One of those examples, and we've talked about it before, Marvel's animation is not on par with DC's, except here, where it's every bit what DC's is and and arguably even better. But it's this. This is it. And and of course, there's DC animation is its own island unto itself. But yeah, I tell you, man, this is this looks like it's going to be really, really good. I'm really excited about Across across the Spider-Verse. Love the first one. Not at the same level that Patrick did, but that's just me. It doesn't mean I'm right or wrong. No Way Homes just has a special place for me. But June 2nd, 2023, man, this stuff's all right around the corner, Tony. I mean, none of this stuff's really that. I mean, Blue Beetle in August is about the farthest out we're going. <laughs> so, um, but yeah, good stuff. I mean, five tremendous trailers right off the bat. Which one of these was your favorite or is your favorite coming up still? Uh, well, I mean, one of the favorites coming up. Yes, definitely. But I mean, I think we just talked about it, you know, across the Spider-Verse. When you throw in people like Daniel Kaluuya and Issa Rae and, and actors of that nature and the excitement of a possible live action one here for a brand new Spider-Man franchise. Because I think we talked about the fact that No Way Home kind of played out what was going on with all those people. Tom Holland, uh, uh, why are the other Zadea, uh, but then, you know, and you had the other two guys at Garfield and, and, and Toby McGuire there as well. So you kind of, kind of, kind of almost cinch that up. Why not like run heavy and hard with this? This could be huge. This could be, this could be a big part of your new Avengers as well. I mean, what if all of a sudden like Miles Morales is your Spider-Man in the Avengers instead of Peter Parker? Like that's kind of a cool new twist. Dude, I would not be mad at it at all. Let Miles be the Spider-Man. It, it's it, it's got precedent, so we'll see what happens. But yeah, I love all all the Spider-Man characters. It's it's probably the best one of the best parts of the Marvel universe over the last 10, 15 years has been the Spider-Verse. So awesome stuff. We're gonna take our second commercial break, Mr. Tunney. And when we come back, it's all Star Wars, or at least mostly Star Wars. And we're gonna talk about Star Wars celebration, the highlights of what came down. We're not gonna get into everything. But it is important. There is a new Star Wars timeline that was revealed in MCU fashion at Star Wars Celebration that really kind of paints a roadmap a little bit where we're going. We're going to get to that as soon as we come back from this commercial break. You're listening to Bandwagon Nerds right here on the ChairShot Radio Network, a part of thechairshot.com. Why should you visit thechairshot.com? Thechairshot.com is your home for hard-hitting reviews, news, opinion, and analysis with attitude why because you're smarter than the average fan thechairshot.com always use your head all right folks we are back it is almost time well it actually is time (laughs) we are going to talk about star wars celebration and we're not going to give banjos to this one 
we are going to just jump into this whole thing. There are a couple of additional trailers that I did not include in the trailer park because I shifted them to Star Wars Celebration because this is where they got disclosed to us. The first one, Tony, honestly, out of all seven trailers we got this week to talk about, and there were even other ones that I just cut from the list because like, all right, too much trailers is just too many. Um, this is my favorite. The Ahsoka trailer coming out came out. This is coming out August 2023. And geez, Pat made the comment about it that there's all sorts of Rebels references in this thing. Um, you've got Sabine Wren in here. People who Ahsoka affiliated with in the Rebels story. We didn't see Ezra Bridger. I'm wondering if he's in this. I, I would suspect it. There's a lot of rumors that Grand Admiral Thrawn, you get to see the back of his head. There's rumors that the actor who voiced him in Rebels is going to do the live. There's something we just talked about. You just talked about, could we get the guy who did Miles' voice become the live actor for the Miles Morales? Well, it's happening right here. Grand Admiral Thrawn is going to be acted by the guy who voiced him. I'm trying to remember his name. I got to look it up now. But um, man, this trailer has <laughs> everything going in it, Tony. I mean, you've got you've got Jedi's, you've got dark Jedi's, you've got dark Sith Lords, perhaps something going on. You've got uh, Rosario Dawson as Ahsoka with both lightsabers is kicking that shit out of ass all over the place. It's magnificent. I'm going to turn it over to you while I look up some of this stuff, but man, what did you think? Lars of this Mikkels thing? Lars, Lars Mikkelsen. Thank you. Yeah. Um, well, we got us. We got Rosario in Boba, right? Not Mandalorian. Wasn't that uh, part she, of the Boba Fett? No, she was in Mandalorian season two, I think. Then she returned. She was there with them on with Luke and Grogu when Grogu was training in Book Book of Boba Fett. But she was okay. in Mandalorian season two. She, like, I feel like I say this too much, but it just rings true. She's perfectly cast as Ahsoka. I mean, it's she's so good at it. She's so believable. You you just fall into the fact of what you're watching is so legitimate. She legitimizes that character and the way she presents it and the way she holds herself as she presents that character as such a powerful, powerful, powerful character in the star Wars universe. I can't wait to see what they're going to do here. Yeah. You talk about the lights, the lightsaber battles. I mean, some of the most memorable ones here. I think that's what I'm thinking of was the one in the book of Boba Fett. I can't wait for this. I can't wait to see her continue her portrayal of the character. And, and this is another venue for star Wars that they can continue with just like the Mandalorian. This has legs, not just because of the actor, but because of the story is really good as well. Right. And I mean, and I, for those of you who haven't watched rebels and I think, Oh, Pat and I talked about it, that, one of the big events in Rebels is where Ezra and Grand Admiral Thrawn disappear at the Force Whales. And we've already seen the Force Whales in the first episode of Mandalorian this year. So there is a direct connection between this show, Mandalorian Season 3, and Ahsoka. No surprise there. Like you're saying, Tony, we saw Ahsoka in Season 2 of The Mandalorian. We saw her in the Book of Boba Fett. It, it raises the prospect, is, are we going to see Luke and Ahsoka? I'm thinking probably, you know, I mean, you probably, but again, do they CGI him? They, do they DH Mark Hamill or do they get Sebastian Stan? A lot of rumors. The guy who plays uh, winter soldier, who's a dead ringer for Mark, a young Mark Hamill. Um, you know, it, do they, do they get into that? I mean, that's, 
That's it's, good. Go ahead, man. It's interesting. I mean, you are talking about, you know, the former Padawan of Anakin. So it's like, you know, what a... What, you gotta, you gotta go down. If you're gonna go down that path, you gotta hit the big, the big bumps. <laughs> yeah, I- I- exactly. And you know, I, she's, yeah, like you're saying. I mean, she is the former Padawan of Anakin, and I mean, of course, again, Rebels. When, when that last fight between her and it's not Anakin anymore, it's Darth Vader. I mean, if if you haven't right. seen that fight, even if you don't watch Rebels, just watch the last fight. And you can feel, even in that, if you don't even watch the show, you watch that last fight, you can feel. It's animated, but I don't give a shit. You, if you can't feel the emotion and everything pouring out of Ahsoka towards her mentor in that last fight, then you're not a real Star Wars fan, probably. I know I probably pissed somebody off, but it is what it is. Um, yeah. But, eh, whatever. It's not yeah. the first or last. It a- it's not a it's not a good day, Dave, unless you pissed a couple people. <laughs> it's off, not right? the first or last time we're gonna piss somebody off. Yeah, you ain't really been living your 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 best life if you haven't pissed someone off. Right, exactly. <laughs> but anyway, yeah, this Ahsoka trailer looks absolutely fantastic. There's so much um, you know, if you're not getting enough Jedi in your in your, you know, your daily serving of Star Wars because there's not enough of it in Mandalorian and certainly none of it in Andor then this is going to make up for all of that. But man, yes, yeah. August cannot get here soon enough for, for that and Blue Beetle. Uh, the other trailer is not Star Wars, but it is a Lucasfilm property. And it is the second, or actually it's the first official trailer for Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. And I think the secret in the, to this whole thing is keep your expectations very low on Indiana Jones. If you do that, all you can do is be pleasantly surprised. There's aspects of this trailer that I find very encouraging. I like the way that they've de-aged Harrison Ford in certain places, and there's flashbacks to the indie that we know and love from the original trilogies. I am concerned that this Dial of Destiny seems like like referring to Harry Potter series like a time-turner. You know, you've got the main villain who's talking about Hitler made mistakes. I'm going to correct those. The only way you're going to do that is going back in time. So I'm guessing... This Dial of Destiny is some sort of time-traveling device, Tony. Um, I don't know. I, I mean, I'm going to go see it because we're big indie fans. My son's a huge Indiana Jones fan. We love the indie ride at Disneyland. I'm going to see it, you know, probably opening weekend no matter what. I don't think it's going to be as hokey and just fucking stupid as the Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and Alien Skulls and all this nonsense that went on. But when you're dealing with time travel and there's Nazis again, I don't know, man. I my concern level is there, but the trailer looked looked fun. Do you want to know the coolest thing about this? Because I'm not a big Indiana Jones fan. Um, is that we talked about Lars Mickelson? Well, his brother Mads is in this movie. There you go. Okay, <laughs> that's the thing you're most excited about, huh? I mean, isn't that interesting though? Um, you got Antonio Banderas coming into this franchise. That's kind of interesting as well. Um. I don't know. I you're you're an Indiana Jones guy, right? Absolutely. I think people should. I, I I don't I don't care. I'm not gonna watch it. I really am not. I I just it's weird because out of all the gigantic franchises, th- this is this is like I'm not gonna sit here and say this isn't a meaningful and purposeful gigantic franchise within the movie industry. Like it's iconic, but it just. It, I never took to it. I don't know why I've taken to this genre of, of time and kind of 
place and thing like that. Like romancing the stone is kind of like a, you know, it like is. that. Love, that it's a, it's love a poor that. man, poor man's version of indie. But, definitely. But you know what I mean? Like, it's not like I dis dislike the genre or, or the, like it'd be like if I didn't like a medieval or a Western or something like that, you know, it's not that I don't like that. It's kind of that. I, I, it just never hit with me. So I, I'd probably be best to not say anything about it and let you talk about it just because well, did, did you like the I, first one Raiders of the Lost Ark I think I maybe watched that through once ish wow. like that's how much I just never it, I'm a very you know I, my favorite color is gray but a lot of things for me are black and white so <laughs> I hear you um yeah I mean I'm I'm a much bigger indie fan and I think a lot of us are I know I know uh Aesop we're hoping to get Aesop on the show today but he's not going to make it apparently I know he's not a big indie fan he was burned a lot of us were burned with the fourth one and so that's why I said at the outset I'm keeping my expectations very low on this thing I'm not expecting a lot I'm not expecting this to be Raiders of the Lost Ark or Last Crusade levels of of awesomeness uh the element of time travel is getting almost like tropish at this point, right? Everybody's talking about time travel. We had a whole Avengers saga end on time travel. Now you got, uh, you got Ant-Man Quantumania dealing with more time travel. Now you got Indiana Jones is going to do some time travel as well. I mean, it, it, it raises some concerns for me, to be honest. That being said, I didn't see anything in the trailer that jumped out and said, Oh, this is absolutely stupid bullshit. It looks fun. There's uh clearly a relationship between Indy and this and this one gal who he's involved with. Um, I don't know if we're gonna get any explanations as to what happened to Indy's kid Mutt from the last one. I don't think we really need that. But it's yeah, I mean, I'm gonna see it regardless. I know a lot of people will, but I'm not even saying I'm cautiously optimistic at this point. I'm just keeping expectations very low. This is what a lot of indie fans are saying. I want to be pleasantly surprised. Surprise me, Lucasfilm, and I will be very surprised. But we'll see what happens. But it is, it is a big deal. And when is this? This is this is not far off at all. June thirtieth, right? Yeah, June thirtieth, twenty twenty three. We're almost there. So not a lot of time before. Yeah, June's a big month. I'm just like looking at at release dates. You've got Secret Invasion, Across the Spider Verse, and Indie all in June. Wow. I mean. It's starting to ramp up for for as much as we've had nothing since what was it Black Panther was there something after well, Black What did we have I mean Shazam I don't know if that counts a lot but we had Black No it was Black Adam then Black Panther then yeah it's been it's been a little bit of a dry spell hasn't it and Yeah everything so, Oh there was one there was one more after that though Um uh what I cuz I went and saw oh well we since Ant-Man so we have Ant-Man, Ant-Man, there you go. Ant-Man. Yeah, it's like, well, we just mentioned it, forgot about it. That's yeah. how much we loved it, folks. We forgot about it already. <laughs> it wasn't bad. Good, wasn't not bad. great. Good, not great. Exactly. Pete. Good, not great. Exactly. So those were the two additional trailers. One of them clearly better than the other. Ahsoka's probably, out of the seven we've talked about this week, <sighs> that's my number one. I mean, let's let's really think about it, though. Like, Rosario Dawson has a lot to do with that. Like if it was someone visually that you couldn't relate to as much as her in a live action situation, I think you wouldn't be doing that Ahsoka character justice just because of the power she wields. I mean, it's, it's phenomenal. Yeah. And I mean, if you've watched Clone Wars into Rebels, the, the evolution of Ahsoka as just this kid who, uh, you know, was following Anakin around was his Padawan, 
um, snips, as he used to call her, because she was so snippy. And how she evolves as that Clone Wars series of you know goes on, and then into Rebels, where she really comes into her own. She's not a kid. She's damn Jedi Master. And the only reason she's not a Jedi Master is because she said, fuck you to them, and bailed. So, um, for good reason. We won't spoil all of it here. But let's talk Star Wars, because it's all Star Wars. And yeah. Star Wars Celebration took place over in Europe this week. Some huge news coming out of this, mostly about movies and there's been so much talk and speculation what is going on with star wars movies are we going to get anything live action uh rogue squadron with patty jenkins as the director more than likely now it's dead on arrival i don't think there's any doubt yeah Yeah. um so people have not known what they're going to do what's the next trilogy going to be about well and i posted something it looked like they had listed like nine movies but i think they removed that post because that was false but what we do know is there are three new star wars movies coming with three different directors, all covering different periods of time in what is now a brand new, new and expanding timeline. Now I'm looking at the graphic right now, and it's very interesting because you've got one, two, three, four, five, six. Which link seven. is that graphic in again? It's uh, the Polygon one I sent you, where I think it says, "What does it say?" New Star Wars timeline is the link I gave you. But yeah, they, I'm I just look- want to open that back up again. Yeah, I'm looking at this this link, this graphic. One, two, three. There are six, nine distinct periods of time, which of course equates if you you know anything divisible by three, you're going to say trilogy. Um, so looking at this timeline, you got the first era, the Dawn of the Jedi, which is like they and there is a movie, the Dawn of the Jedi is going to be explored. It's a new film, director James Mangold who directed Logan. Okay. And he's directing the new upcoming Indiana Jones and the dial of destiny. So depending on how well he does with that should give us an idea as to how good or not so great this movie will be. Um, They're talking in this. We're looking at this article I got from Polygon that summarizes. It's going to be a biblical, biblical epic. That's not uh, off putting. (laughs) Is it about five? It sounds like five hours. Yeah. A biblical epic about the emergence of the force and the first Jedi in a setting no less than 25,000 years before the events of the original movie trilogy. That sounds right. As far as Jedi go, it it is kind of a religious, you know, uh, higher, higher. um, It's, it's more, it's an omnipotent thing. It is. And, and yeah, the religious overtones of the force. Come on. They're, they're there everywhere. I mean, you know, Anakin, the midi-chlorians and the mom not knowing how she got pregnant. That's immaculate conception, folks, people. It's right there. So there the religious overtones are there. Joseph and Mary. Exactly. Happy Easter. Exactly. So they're talking about this. This places this before what they're calling in this uh, diagram. After the dawn of the Jedi, you got the old Republic. Now, anybody who's played the video game Knights of the Old Republic, which if anybody listens to this show for long, long time listeners knows that was Big Dave's number one video game of all time. Knights of the Old Republic. Um, really good story. This is happening before that. Now, then they've got this High Republic era. Now, they're not I don't think they're doing any movies or anything about the Old Republic as much as fans want them to. It's just not happening yet, but they are going to do the High Republic era. They had novels and comics about that, um, and they're going to do, they're going to explore this in the TV series The Acolyte, which is a live action series coming to Disney Plus in 2024. I think of this one, this is the one, Tony, if correct me if I'm wrong, I sent a link to this thing, but this is the one that has, it's going to have a Wookiee Jedi Master, 
So Chewbacca, Jedi Master Chewbacca. <laughs> As we're going through this, does this not seem like Disney said, hey, Star Wars, why can't you be more like Marvel? Yeah. It's, well, I tell you, when you look, you look at this diagram, you look at what they <laughs> yeah. put on the screen, oh, it, that is yeah. the MCU. It is. It is. It, and and it'd be interesting to see because you're going to go along the lines of your big nine as well. So what's going to be, you know, what's going to piss Patrick off that they had to go back and, and, and reference to keep the storyline, new storyline moving along. Right. Cause it's right there in front of you. You're not going to want to get through the fall of the Jedi and the high Republic and you know, the whatever reign of the empire without having a Luke reference. It just, fans are just not going to want to have that. You're going to need it. No, exactly. And I think <laughs> I'm sure it will piss Patrick off, but and, and, and I'm not saying he's wrong either, but I, I do like the fact that this is presented in a way that's now it's familiar to most of us who've watched the MCU for years. And, oh, there's phase one and there's phase four and phase five. Now you've got basically phase nine of this whole thing, um, whether and, and to what extent they dabble in the other stuff. But, yeah, the High Republic is going to deal with uh, the Acolyte is going to deal with that. That looks like it's going to be a, a fun series dealing with. The, what the last golden age of the Jedi order before, you know, it, before it started to kind of get messed up from the inside with Palpatine, of course, being the cancer on the inside of this thing that, that just eats away at the Republic. Then, you know, they talk about the fall of the Jedi reign of the empire, age of rebellion, new Republic rise of the first order. That's basically one through nine of the movies. You know, that's, I want to say two things. I, I like a, the fact that I've said all along, as much of the story that we don't know that you can tell me, I want it because like, there's so much more that we don't know of what contributed to what's been happening with just these core nine movies. Right. And they started to explore that with doing these one-off kind of things like solo and that uh, of that nature inside of that timeline. Well, this is filling all those gaps. And the other thing I really like Rise of the First Order, and then the New Jedi Order, you're giving me a storyline that I might really am looking forward to moving forward. So it's just like you're filling in the blanks for me, and you're creating something that continues and moves. You know, that's what we need. That it's, it's we talked about it before with the Mandalorian. It it just has legs, and this looks really good as far as that's concerned. It does. And I think like, you know, like you're saying, filling in gaps, which I know dabbles dangerously into retconning things. As Patrick has said, he's 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 expressed his concern. He again, he's not wrong about that. They are definitely retconning aspects of the sequel trilogy right now. But at the end of the day, if it makes sense and makes it better when we get to the end of this so we can continue to move forward, because no one no one wants Marvel or DC or 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 Star Wars to to die with their stories we want to see we want you to push the envelope and tell us what's happening next with all these people we love. I mean, I I agree with you. If at the end of the day it all makes sense and it flows together, I'm I'm going to be fine watching the story play out and how oh, okay, wow, so that's how they did it. I understand the other side of the coin which is like you shouldn't have to go back and do this. It should stand on its own and make sense on its own. You shouldn't have to go back and make it make sense. I get that. But I'm more I think I'm more in your camp, Tony, which is like if you're going to go back, whether it's retconning it or filling in gaps and telling a broader story, 
I'm okay with that as long as the story makes sense and is told well. And if it if it if it makes sense and it's told well and it makes something else down the line that was confusing make more sense, okay, I'm fine with that. If you guys can pull all that off. I mean, there's it basically that's what the prequel trilogy was, was trying to add in gaps and make sense of certain things that happened in the original trilogy. And in some places it worked, and in other places it fell flat. Jar Jar Binks fell flat. Basically the se- <laughs> Misa thinks it's a good a reference. <laughs> Yusa is wrong, sir. No. Um. Anyway, uh, it's uh, yeah. I think you know, and and you see, you see what they're what they're doing though. I mean, we talked about this whole in this whole diagram here, and everything after Fall of the Jedi, Reign of the Empire, uh, Age of Rebellion, the New Republic, Rise of the First Order. All these stories that they're telling right now fall in that time frame. You know, Mandalorian. In that time frame, Book of Boba Fett, Andor, um, the movies. Well, yeah, Rogue One and, and Solo were in there. Uh, book, yeah, I mean, all that stuff is, is right in that wheelhouse. So none of that stuff's really retconning. I mean, it's retconning probably the the Rise of Skywalker and Last Jedi, but and, and Force Awakens to a lesser extent. But it is kind of filling in gaps. It's it's telling the story that we haven't seen before, such as Andor telling, here's how the rebellion really got started. The ground level, the ground workings, the inner workings of how did this get because when you when you get into New Hope, the rebellion's way <laughs> into its into its stages. They're actually getting wins over the Empire right now. Well, how did that start? Where did they get the funding for that? How did how did this re- rebellion really get going? If the Empire is this entity that can create a a a, a battle station that can destroy planets how can these little guys hope to stand up to you and or kind of explain some of that stuff you know now you're seeing in the mandalorian the new republic the 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 good guys won the new republic is there everything's supposed to be peaceful you've got amnesty programs rehabilitating the imperials and yet and yet the first order somehow gets a foothold and not only you know not only does it get a foothold but it thrives and it progresses and it gets to the point where it creates its own semi second empire. So all that stuff's important. Um, getting to the last part of this though, the new Jedi order, the big, the biggest news, probably the whole thing is that Daisy Ridley is going to come back as Ray. And this is going to be a movie that is going to, let's see, where is this thing? Who's the director on this one? I don't remember who the director on this one is, Tony, but you can look it up if you want. It's the story is Daisy or excuse me. Ray is building a new Jedi Academy and attempt to bring the order back to full strength. What could possibly go wrong? Right, Tony? We've seen what happens when when Jedi temples are built and Jedi masters try to train um, others in the ways of the force. Nothing ever, ever goes wrong in that scenario. Kylo Ren. Uh, Nothing ever goes wrong in that scenario. Anakin Skywalker. So what could possibly go wrong? with Rey starting her own Jedi Academy and training new Jedi to bring them up to, to their full potential. I, I, I see no problem with that. Right. I don't think anything goes wrong there, to be honest with you. I think that's just a way to continue the story and let her be the house that Luke built. Right. You know, I mean, essentially like you have to have that cornerstone and, and that's Luke Skywalker period point blank end of story. So anytime you can build off that, I like that part of it. I think maybe down the line you would see in different movies some turmoil between the new Jedi Order. But I think this is the construction 
and and you know the the early on building that cornerstone uh, for the Jedi Order. So I don't think you see in-house fighting. I think they're going to have something else that's going to be creating turmoil, controversy that they need to get through to assure that this is something that's going to continue on. Yeah, I I, I mean, let's see. Um, I'm trying to look at this up right now. The official slate of upcoming Star Wars movies and TV. What do we got? Let's let's run this thing now. You got Star Wars Visions Volume Two. All right, I'm not <clears throat> young. Star Wars Young Jedi Adventures. No, I don't need that. Ahsoka. Yes, we need that. <laughs> so I'm just kind of Skeleton Crew. Okay, that's coming to Disney Plus in 2023. We have not talked about Skeleton Crew. Um, John Watts, who directed the la- latest Spider-Man trilogy. Okay, uh, Jude Law, a group of kids set around the time as a Mandalorian. Not much known. It's a throwback to 80s Amblin movies, like the Goonies and Everything Everywhere All at Once. Oh, okay. Oh, the director directed one. But it's you're so you're telling me we're gonna do a throwback to the 80s kind of vibe with the Goonies and the Skeleton Crew set around with kids around the same time as the Mandalorian. That could be fun. What do you think? Yeah, I okay. <laughs> I'd rather just watch the Goonies. <laughs> right, exactly. Uh it, that's draw thing. full, shuffle, full, draw full, shuffle. Uh, and or season two, which is a very polarizing series for probably all the wrong reasons that it just, a lot of people didn't get it because it doesn't have the, the action that a lot of the other series, certainly from an action standpoint, it doesn't match up to the Mandalorian at all from an intrigue. And, and that's the depth of, um, of the storytelling. It's a fantastic story. Season two coming in 2024. Cannot wait. We talked about the acolyte coming to Disney plus in 2024, uh, where we're going to get, yes, we, ooh, this cast is looking pretty good. Dean Charles Chapman, Game of Thrones. Carrie Ann Moss from The Matrix. All right. Chewbacca actor Junus Suatamo as a Wookiee Jedi. Let's do it. There's still, I'm looking at this, still rumors of the Lando series coming to Disney+. Plus. I don't know if that's been confirmed, but sign me up. Then we've got Untitled Charmin Obeyed Chinoy Star Wars movie. And news broke in March. I don't know what this is. But we've got Dave Filoni, who this is a plan uh, focusing on the New Republic, the government body that comes into power in the wake of the Empire's implosion. So, yeah, I think we'll see something that should tie into the uh, to the Daisy Ridley sort of thing. We got uh, Taika Waititi. They're still talking about that. Sean Levy. So, yeah, you got you got a lot of stuff. You got three new movies. I, I think. Is there any doubt in your mind that all three of those movies can turn into trilogies standing on their own? Well, I mean, you, you you talk about picking different directors for each thing. I, I think maybe it's a case of, well, let's see what's hidden and what's not. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I really, that's the first thing I saw was like, hey, you know, we're recording here on Easter. Let's not put all of our eggs in one basket. And ah, we I can see what kind you of, did there. Yeah, we can, you know, we can pour gas on whichever one we want to. No, that's, that's a good call. I And I think, yeah, you're right. You know, we'll see. And it's probably smart for them to do it that way rather than come in and say, we are committed to a trilogy. Now they're saying we're committed to three movies and let's see what happens with them. Let's see which one resonates with the fans and go from there. And if they hit, then we can, you know, we can make other properties within that timeline. I I like the fact, though, that this new timeline that they've come up with creates a lot of um, a lot more flexibility than they might have had earlier. And and it and it puts it in a way that, yeah, like it or not, this is what the fans are expecting right now. I need a roadmap. I need a flow chart. I need to know where we are going at all times or else I'm not accepting this shit anymore. 
I know DJ made the pro the pro the comment in the chat that we finally get to ex- play in the extended universe. That is true to some extent. You know, I know the Star Wars extended universe is not what it used to be. A lot of it's been decanonized, for lack of a better term. But you do have a lot of stuff going on with here, with these uh, these just separate and distinct, recognizable eras. Each one with its own icon, no less. So hey, I do like the new it, Jedi Order's uh, icon. That is kind of cool. The lightsaber splitting the wings. That's nice. It's very similar uh, to the old Republic. So there you go. Let Let me just expand real quick because I don't think necessarily it's going to be. I think maybe who, these three movies are going to get us to a point where we can start telling that future story that you guys are talking about, because this timeline is very recognizable. We have stories within this entire timeline that we've just talked about all the way leading up to the new order of the Jedi, right? What's more interesting is we want to know what happens moving forward, right? The first star Wars movies we got after the original trilogy, we went backwards, you know? So let's let's get the let's get what's happening now. We all know where it's going to. I think all of this is to set up the future, and, and that's my honest opinion. And I think whoever does the best job directing, and whatever story they want to pull from, or maybe they just keep it a, a, a you know that trident of of directors that each get their own realm within the Star Wars star wars universe because it's so big and why not be able to do that right right i mean dc and marvel have done the same thing and it's all kind of been cohesive it's just everybody trying to take the same playbook and make it better and i think this is all leads to that future of star wars right and i mean and i know we jump weird because i know tony and i are jumping around articles as we're going through this because so much information came out but i mean it all but it's all Star Wars, it and is, that's why. Literally, it is all that's Star true. Wars. That's true. For the it, first time. For the first, the first time. acceptable time. That's right. So <laughs> just to summarize, the three new Star Wars movies, I got. it's all summarized here. I should have just clicked the link that I created for you earlier. But hey, why should I do anything that makes that much sense, right? So we've got, we do have, like we just mentioned earlier, there's three movies. Mangold is doing the one uh, about the emergence of the Force. We talked about that. Dave Filoni, creator of many Star Wars animated series, co-creator of The Mandalorian. We know this direct a theatrical event tying together stories from the shows that he and John Favreau created in a time of conflict between the new Republic and the rising force of the first order. So my guess, now that I'm reading that over, this is the movie that's going to tie in the events of the Mandalorian book of Boba Fett, that that, this, whatever's happening in this Mandalorian series is going to get tied into this movie. So we need Din and we need Boba in that, and maybe Ahsoka, or Ahsoka possibly, uh, and 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 Bo-Katan in the, in that movie. Right, and the fact that none of them are in the sequel trilogy should clue you in that this will probably not end very well for any of the people that we really love. Grogu's not there either. So anyway, that's yeah. I think if there's one that I'm looking at saying that needs to be a trilogy or at least two movies, it's probably that time frame right there. I don't know if you can tell that story in one and do it justice then you've got the last one which is Charmaine obeyed chinoy directing she's going to do the one with set 15 years after the rise of skywalker with daisy ridley um you know it's interesting i know people are going to complain about it that they promised after rise of skywalker we were done with skywalker stories but here we are ray skywalker coming back 15 years later i'm okay with it because if there's one thing we've learned since rise of skywalker in the last three years basically 
they have a lot of trouble getting beyond that story and resonating with people when you're not dealing specifically with Jedi and specifically with Luke Skywalker and his lineage. So I don't have any sort of real problem with them going back to that and telling the story. And you know what it's going to be about? It's going to, and we talked about it. Ray is going to be trying to do something that Luke failed at. And she's going to be like, I can do this. I know I can, I can avoid the mistakes my master made. I know I can do this. And of course it's not going to work out, but we know this, right? Sure. (laughs) It's all star Wars. (laughs) Tuddy's trying to process it all. I, you know, we, I think, no, 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 you're right. I mean, it's just, how do they want to do it? And you mean you, you want to move away from it? Well, then maybe this is your chance to give it a, give it a finality and, and be able to actually move away from it because they haven't closed that book yet. And this could, you know, honestly, man, if you think about it, this could be like their Rocky five. Remember when Rocky five came out and nobody was satisfied with how that ended. And then all those years later, they made Rocky Balboa where he ends his career in the ring and people were like, okay, that's a much better movie. I feel much better about it. Instead of a street fight. With, yeah. Instead what, of a Tommy, street fight Tommy, with Tommy, Tommy Morrison, or, <laughs> Tommy yeah, Morrison. Yeah. So maybe this, this movie is their way of saying, Hey, we don't like the way rise of Skywalker ended. There's people like Patrick O'Dowd who aren't happy with this thing. Let's do something different. Maybe. Maybe they're going to do that. I don't know. But uh, they did mention there was no mention made of Taika Waititi supposedly in development Star Wars film. I'm going to go on record right now saying that's as dead as Rogue Squadron is. So um, that's my guess. And I think, you know, and especially after Thor Love and Thunder, I'm sure the guys at, at Lucasfilm and Disney are like, oh, wait, I don't know if we need that kind of humor over the top in the Star Wars I, universe. I enjoyed Thor Love and Thunder. You want to talk about it? No, not really. Okay. I tried. <laughs> But I will say that that is going to do it for this week's episode of Bandwagon Nerds, a two-man, the two-man power trip of nerddom this week, I guess. You know, we're not going to, sorry, I'm not stealing anybody's podcast title, but today we are the two-man power trip of nerddom. Tony, before I let you go, anything else you picked up from the Star Wars celebration that you wanted to talk about? Not really. I'm just excited, literally, for more Star Wars. Like, I think the best thing is filling in the gaps in this stories that we already know because there's a lot of things that are very interesting that happened outside of what you've seen in all of the major movies that are maybe more exciting and more interesting um look at look at mandalorian i mean this this is something that's just hot to trot right now i can't wait for the rest of that story but yeah that that's about it for me right there Uh, more star wars is better more marvel is better more dc is better and and you know can't wait for Blue Beetle as well. And just remember, kids, you had us at Battle Droids. So there you go. That's, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, you really, you really did. Uh, Tuddy, where could people check you out on the socials and Chairshot Radio Network and all the stuff you've got going on, man? Yeah, yeah. Follow me at PC Tuddy. Make sure you're checking out everything Chairshot radio network sports entertainment and sports entertainment. We got you covered. ProWrestlingTees.com. Uh, forward slash the chair shot great t-shirts make you the life of the party and the chair shot.com always use your head you can follow me on twitter at attitude ag that is at attitude agg facebook.com forward slash attitude of aggression and of course make sure you're following the show at bandwagon nerds on the twitter at bandwagon nerds and last but not certainly not least all your hate tweets go directly to at it's me dpp so yeah you know, fuck that guy. yeah exactly that jobber that bastard so anyway that, 
<laughs> that's going to do it for this episode of Bandwagon Nerds. Until next time, kids, get out of the basement, get some sun, get caught up on Star Wars. There's a lot to get caught up on. You got a lot more of that stuff coming down the pike. Watch this episode of The Mandalorian. Get ready. It's going to get better. Until next time, PC Tunney, the lawyer Dave Unger, signing out of here. We'll catch you guys soon. TheChairShot.com. Always use your head. taught him well it's more like he's remembering that I'm actually teaching him anything sometimes the student guides the master the Mandalorian was here as I told you to share a strong bond and you brought him a gift. Sometimes I wonder if his heart is in it. So much like your father. What should I do about him? Trust your instincts. Will I see you again? Perhaps. May the Force be with you.